This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. And good morning, everyone. You all look wonderful and cold this morning. So good to be here with you today to, to talk about this idea of, of rippers versus weavers. And it, that's the theme. And I, I want to I step over here for a minute because I think this topic is really big. We're looking at Cain and Abel, the idea, as it says up there, rippers and weavers. And I feel like life, like we're always trying to put cloth together, but sometimes, and isn't this, this is like a strangely satisfying sound, right? I feel like Hulk up here. You know, that, that, that life gets torn a bit. Right? That our, our life feels ripped. And not ripped as in like muscular, but ripped as in like ripped. And there's parts of both of our lives and all of our lives, I think, that are rippers and weavers, parts of our lives where, where we find that, that weaving the fabric of people together is easy. And other places where we just find that tendency to constantly pull stuff apart. Hopefully that resonates. I mean, I just, I just think about myself. Like one of the, the ripping tendencies I have, and this is a psychological principle and it's so true, is that if someone else makes a mistake, it's because of their bad character. If I make a mistake, it's because the circumstances made me do it. Just think about that for a minute, right? How many times this week, I, at least I hope it's not just me, you know, that, that you looked out at someone who made a mistake and you, and you said it was their character. And yet you made a similar mistake and you felt like, no, that was just circumstances. There's a challenge here and there's a beauty here as well. Now, one of the real blessings we have is, is sermon writing team, which I talk about a lot. And, and you know, one of the, the nice compliments we get here at New Church Live is, is people will say, well, that was talking right to me. And it's because we do stuff in a team. And can I share with you a brilliant insight one of them had last week? This was really good. And this person said, what, what's the difference between people who are open and people who are closed? What? And you got to think about this for a second. He said, people who are open know they are both. Is that good? Right? Like, and, and that's the part I think today. It's not about saying like one's better than the other. It's, it's getting, it's being open enough to know that we're both. New church is very much a both and faith. Blessed and broken. And how do we pull those together? And that's the hope today is, is, as I step back over here, is maybe get a chance to pull it back together. And you're going to get a chance to hear from, from some of the congregants as well about how this weaving takes place. Because the weaving is, is important for this reason, folks. Life, you know, just even this week for all of us in here, we'll have some really good moments. And will it have some really hard moments as well? Absolutely. I can 100% guarantee that. So we have these challenges coming up. Weaving, that concept of weaving. And what have I come to know? What have me personally, like what have I come to know? What I've come to know is this. If we can look at weaving and we can do the best we can to do that, the best we can, sometimes we're going to be ripping fabric, but do the best we can to do that. Maybe this. And I'm asking us all to take a breath here because I really want you to hear this. We all take a breath together. The fabric will hold. 
The fabric will hold. Can I promise that beautiful things are going to happen with the challenges in life? No pastor can. No pastor should. But what I do know is I do know that when we weave, that despite the circumstances of life, that somehow, some way, the fabric holds. That's more important than a church, uh, you know, that has a, you know, a pastor that does this or a band who does that or any of that. Like those are all nice things that we have and we share. But actually the most significant thing we have together is fabric. And maybe faith is only that. Faith is only trust that the fabric will hold. And I certainly have seen time and time again that it has. Now, can I share a little Bible story that talks about that? So, so, this, so this story, it's, it's an ancient one. We talked a bit about it last week. It's about two brothers, and there's a lot of sibling rivalry going around. One brother feels like God likes him more than him, and, and all these kind of these sibling rivalry things. And the story ends very tragically, where the one brother kills the other. Cain and Abel is what that story is, is about. Cain and Abel from the very beginning of the Bible. It's actually in, in Genesis way at the beginning of Genesis. And with this story, the beauty of this story with Cain and Abel is how the story keeps on moving and how people continue to, how they continue to learn. Like this is about us reading it and learning from this story and seeing it a poetic truth and seeing ourselves as part of this story as well. So we're picking up the story where we left off last week. And for those of you who are following at home, this is Genesis 4, verse 8. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens its mouth to receive your brother. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. This question posed here is so incredibly important. Where is your brother? And, and here again, we could easily add your sister. Where is your brother? Where is your sister? Now, now God is sort of telling the question, does God know this stuff where brothers and sisters are? Absolutely. It's not like God misplaces anyone. Have you seen where I put them? That's not how it happens. But this question, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Now, obviously, Cain, in asking that question, is he saying, yes, I am, or no, I'm not? What's he saying? Just by asking the question, he's saying no. Just by asking that question, he's saying no. And, and we miss other parts of the story here because this is an older brother saying he's not responsible for a younger brother, an older sibling saying he's not responsible to a younger sibling. All you older siblings in here <laughs> are responsible for younger siblings. That was true then, true today. So that idea of, I am my brother's keeper, he's saying no. God is clearly pointing him to a yes. Now, what, of course, folks, is the consequence of this? Well, there's, there's a big consequence here. The Lord said, what have you done, Abel? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under curse and driven from the ground. And next slide. 
When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So you think about that, that, that challenge here. Well, he was, Cain in this story was a farmer. So the idea that you're no longer be able to farm, you're going to always be on the move. That was, that was a big deal. You're always going to be restless. You're, you're never going to find a place of peace. And from the new church view, it's not, it, this is, there's appearance that God is doing that to us. That God is the one cursing us. That's a transactional view of love. It does not go very far. Matter of fact, I would hold it's one of the most dangerous perspectives to have on God, which is why we need to see underneath the appearance. And to get that when we're in a place in our life where we're ripping at the fabric, where we're pulling things apart, that actually we're the ones who are taking on being a wanderer. We're the ones who are creating communities around that. And those communities look like this. They're not terribly fertile ground. One of the things that needs said many times, and I, and I certainly hope again here that I'm offering this, and I certainly hope I'm not the only one who, who, who is challenged by this. It is much easier some days to have a ripper conversation than a weaver conversation. It's much easier to talk about all the complaints and them and what they do. Again, it gets back to their character, but for me, it's circumstances. You know, it's so easy to play that game. But when I do, I have no place to land. No place to land. Again, if you're like me and, and you receive that kind of conversation, there's a part of me that if somebody's complaining about their life too much, complaining about other people too much, that I, that I don't quite trust them. I mean, I may nod my head and go, yes. But I don't actually engage them because I feel like, yeah, they're a ripper. I, I, I'm going to kind of steer away from that a little bit. May nod my head, yes. But I'm not actually going to engage in that conversation. Now, as the band comes out here for the middle, for the middle song, I want you to think about, about the incredible gift, though, that in the midst of these challenges, that we can choose solutions. Incredibly beautiful solutions. Solutions where, where we can, where we can actually choose to become the weaver, where we can say, Lord, like, let it be me. Let it be me. Let me be the one who starts to weave where society is broken, where, where family is broken, where relationship is broken. Not a weaver that knows all, but a weaver simply willing to give themselves to the weaving. Maybe this. Maybe we just let God do the pattern. Maybe we just let God do the pattern. And our job is to just pick up our thread do the best we can to weave it together with those beside us. Knowing if we take that on, if we say, let it be me, that the fabric, the fabric will hold. So this idea of, of rippers versus weavers, and there's, there's that cane part of us, you know, that, that part that's ripping at fabric and, and, there's also this part of us, I think, that's called to weaving, that's, that's called to seeing the world like this. You know, now, there's a way in which, yes, we are there and we're trying to weave different relationships together. But there's a beauty in that. We do the weaving, God has the pattern. 
And it's God's hands in the end that are, that are, that are weaving our lives together in, in ways that, you know, I think a lot of the time, like, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. Like, you couldn't make it, this stuff up. It was interesting talking to, to someone this morning, and, 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 and she said, you know, when, I, when I'm away for a week or two, what I miss, and I, of course, like, my ego wants to hear your spectacular sermon is what I miss the most. Or Josh singing, that's number two. But this person said it was the community. I've never heard someone say this. You know what, Chuck? I have a big problem in my life. Way too much community, way too much connection. We just, we just don't. That's not how we're made. We're made to be part of the fabric of life. And I realize a lot of us right now are feeling, going back to Brene Brown's quote, like, I am not enough. I don't belong anywhere. You belong here. You belong with us. Can you let that in? You belong with us. And we belong all to God. We do the weaving. God has the pattern. Now, there's so many times of that, you know, it's, it's privileged to watch it, uh, you know, occur and to think, I was thinking as a sermon, you know, putting the sermon together, like, how could I share that? You know, what is a picture of that? And, and can, I, can I share a picture of it with you? Please say a big giant yes. Yes, because yes, then you can even try to see yourself here in this picture. And it's this picture here. Now, this was a picture from this little pod camera over here. And it was a picture of the Sunday before Christmas Eve. And we have communion going over there in the top left. We have people writing out prayer cards here in the top right. We have, we're praying with some people, Reverend Shada Sullivan up there at the top. I'm down here at the bottom. This, this kind of picture is a miracle to me. And I realize, like, if you're not familiar with New Church Live, you may see that and just see, oh, there's a bunch of people, and I notice four of them don't have any hair. But, but I'd ask you to see something a little different, please. Notice the connections that are taking place. There's a congregant in there, a dear friend, saying goodbye to another congregant who is moving. There's a daughter praying with her mom. There's people waiting to take communion because it's all about community. There's someone who went through a devastating loss who has chosen to take communion with two of his friends who helped guide him through that dark time to find another light in his life. There's all these connections, all this weaving. Did we determine that pattern? No. That just happens. That's God. It's why the argument over atheism to me, like, I just, it's boring. (laughs) It's boring. Because it set it all up as like a belief test and this and it's boring. (laughs) That's not boring. That's God's spirit moving and weaving and and seeing lives come together and and seeing all that connectedness that people have. It's a beautiful thing. And all of you are weavers. 
Everyone in that picture is weaving something. And we didn't need direction. Just our hearts took over. Our hearts took over. Our hearts took over. It means that if our hearts are taking over, we have to find a different way of listening. And that way of listening is this. It was funny. I showed this to sermon writing team, and I asked them that question. Somebody went, coffee! (laughs) What's my point here, folks? Somebody shout it out. What's the point of having this picture saying listening? Listen Listen with your heart. Thank you. Listen with your heart. Become somebody who's good with the stethoscope. Because when we listen with our heart, it's beyond the noise and the worry and the concern and the chatter. It's just like, ah, oh, just I just want to listen to your heart for a minute. And then the question becomes, like, how do we listen to someone's heart? And the, and the best weavers I know, and some people are really, really gifted with weaving. I mean, way gifted with it. They're really good at listening to the heart, and they're really good at kind of understanding this next slide, understanding how these two things come together. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop over here to this carpet, then I'm gonna hop way over there to that carpet. So the first question there at the top, where my heart comes, please say the A word, where my heart comes alive, where my heart comes alive. Now, hearts coming alive, that's really fun to know about other people. I wanna hear where your heart comes alive. All kinds of great answers. Down we have even have one person in the congregation who's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Like, their heart comes alive there. Other people, it might be dance or, or uh, you know, this or that or the other thing. And, and it's great to hear that. Can I get a little amen there? Amen. Like, it's so much fun hearing where people's hearts come alive. It's good stuff. So I want to hear that. But then I want to be able to shift the conversation ever so slightly. I'm going to go back over to the far side there. I want to also know, Where my heart, where your heart, please say the B word there, where my heart breaks, breaks. Rippers, a lot of the time, it's because they're just brokenhearted. When I rip at the fabric, there's a part of my heart that's broken. That, That piece, folks, starts to shift the conversation. See, See, for me, and it's, it's kind of, it's silly. It's silly. I don't even know why I'm so like, you know, enraptured with it. I am, I'm an avid Penn State football fan. Like that's where my heart comes alive. And hopefully I'm not hurting anyone's feelings. And who cares? <laughs> you know, really? Like, who cares? I could tell you who the recruiting class is. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's fun to talk about. But it's not the real gravitas of life. Again, I don't want to make it sound bad. It's fun, it's good, not a problem. But I have to get to deeper questions. And maybe if I go to where my heart breaks first, listen to what I said, go to where my heart breaks first, I'll be able then maybe to answer the question. I'll be able to answer it from the bottom up. And maybe hearing someone's heart is when you hear their heart from the bottom up. Could I share a story with you on that? This is a story from last week. I use this with couples I work with all the time because I think it's so important. In one of the last sessions we do, I have them talk about where their heart breaks. You know, so they're not just talking about what kind of shrimp to have at the reception. Like, where does your heart actually break? 
And this one wonderful couple, I was working with them last week, and she was talking about all the diminished circumstances she was raised in because of, you know, really not a good, good, uh, good original home situation. Her mom's a real hero, though, pulled her everything together, you know, and kind of scraped by and made it. And now this, this young lady's really made it. So, so it was interesting. So then I asked her, well, where does your heart come alive? So her heart breaks around issues of, of families falling apart, economic destitution, poverty, all that stuff really makes her heart break. So well, where did your heart come alive? When was the last time you really felt it? And she said, oh, Disney, Chuck. And what it was was she saw Minnie Mouse at Disney. And her and her soon-to-be husband, they're, they're in line, and her husband didn't quite get it, of course. Guys, it takes a little longer. And, and he's seeing her, and she, she catches Minnie Mouse, and she's in line to meet Minnie, and she's bawling. She's bawling. Guess what she always wanted as a little girl? Meet Minnie Mouse. And here she is in her late 20s, finally meeting Minnie Mouse, and she's crying. Can you see the heartbreak there, yes or no? Yes. Can you see the heart coming alive there? Yes. Do you see both? Yes. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Really trying to understand that in a, in a, in a, in a deep way. And so what I talked to the couple about is they said, you know, maybe later on in life, maybe you want to get a foundation together that helps to pay for immigrant children to go to Disney. I don't know. But I got a big smile from him when I said it. Because hearts breaking is just a small step. Please listen. Hearts breaking is just a small step from hearts coming alive. Gospel means good news. That is good news. So I think what that means as I step back over here is is we're not to shy away from those places where our heart breaks. We're not to shy away from those areas of of pain and worry and and all that. We're actually to kind of lean into it and lean into it enough to where we hear each other's heart around that and then try to support each other enough so that our hearts come alive because the fabric will hold. Because the fabric will hold. There's great beauty there. There is ripping. And there's always weaving. Now we are blessed, blessed in New Church Live to have a number number of people who are exceptional weavers. I had, I put out in the congregation a survey. I said like, who are the main weavers in the congregation? And I got back answers. I got back, and this is like, you got to love sort of the Christian uh, humor in this. We got back a, a list of 12 names. But you got to enjoy that. Those of you who don't know, there were 12 disciples, so it's just kind of funny to see that. And I asked these people to just come forward to just have a minute, and we're just going to do a sort of night at the improv here. I have no idea what they're going to say, but I just wanted you to hear from some weavers, both about why they do what they do, and how they do it. And maybe we can just pick up on little pieces about weaving that we can leave here with. Because these people certainly know far more than I do. So with a warm round of applause, please welcome the weavers right up here to the front of the stage.
So we have to give a big, big hello because the, uh, the, the runaway winner in the weaving contest, this will be a big surprise. And it's like, it's a little insider knowledge, but those of you who are here for any amount of time will get to meet her. You're up here too. Beth. Were you thinking you weren't enough there for a minute? Beth, you are. Uh, one of, one of the ones, a big surprise, Lindy Bochnik was the runaway winner, right? In the, in the, the weaving, in the weaving sweeps. She's sick. She's sick today. She's at home weaving her health back together. So what I thought I would do would be just pass the microphone on down and just let everybody just say just their name. And then I'm going to say kind of the, the why and ask them why and ask them how. So just, just your name. Beth Valente. Oh, can we get that, Marcus? Try it again. Beth Valente. There we go. Mary Haney. David Childs. Stacy Carr. Jennifer Allen. Rob Nash. Martha Pitcairn. Jenny Childs. Marianne Silverman. Paul Schreiber. Beth Schreiber. Beth Schreiber, thank you. So first note is, guys, we got to do better. <laughs> All right, that's the, first, that's the first note. Second, if any of you are lonely and need somebody to invite you to dinner, talk to some of these folks right here. Oh, it's true. So I want you to just start out. I just, and not all of you, some of you are like, Chuck, I'm coming out front, but don't you dare put the microphone in my face. So I get that. I will not make you say anything. But I would love to just hear just some whys. Like, okay, this is why I, why I do weaving. Why I, why I believe weaving matters or whatever. What's your why, your compelling why behind being a weaver? I'm not sure I know because I feel more like I'm woven than I'm a weaver. And um, probably that's why I end up weaving is because, well, like this morning, I wake up and I'm feeling a little grumpy. I like, I'm an introvert. I don't really like people very much. <laughs> Except for one. So I adore some people. <laughs> and I come into church, and I'm a minister's kid, and I don't really, I mean, too many years of church, there's always an element in me that doesn't want to go. And then I go pick up my mom, and she's smiling. I come to the parking lot, and adorable friends are there. And I come to the door, and I, I always love getting greeted by our greeting gang. I love them. And then you're in the lobby, and these faces come at you that you adore. Mm. And by the time you're done, you're in this, I switched this state from being grumpy to <laughs> being, be, uh, feeling like a weaver. And what happens is I end up greeting new people, which I, people, I, I love seeing people's faces that I've never seen before and just saying hi. Because yeah. you're darn well better, because in two months, you're probably going to be the best, best friend. <laughs> That's good. And you'll have them over for dinner. Yeah. That's beautiful. Dave, thank you. That's beautiful. Anyone else want to throw a why out there, sort of the, the why part? I'll try to go follow David over there. And <laughs> I want to say I love the haircut. <laughs> uh, I guess what is the other choice? You could be a ripper. And whenever I am ripping, and I rip more often than I care to say, <laughs> I'm just not feeling good, and then I need to come here and hear Chuck's message and hear, see everybody's faces, and, you know, and then I hear stories, like Mary told me some stories today that 
really just the weaving that goes on and it just that's where you want to be I think that's God's purpose I think that's what we're here for and it's much harder I think to be a weaver but then it's easy to be the ripper um so but when I'm weaving it's you know you you're you're joyful you're you're feeling good I I don't know it's just where I want to be. That's so good. When I, I was smiling, thinking one of the one of the joys to me about weavers that I don't know, or like I don't really, there's a way that weavers don't really know why they do it. They just kind of do it. You know, they're just kind of like naturals at it. So one more why, and then we're going to switch to the how. Um, I was just thinking exactly that. I was made this way. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I just feel so blessed that it's part of my DNA, and it isn't an effort. It isn't a why. It's um, that some of us get that job in heaven on earth. And I just feel so privileged um, that that's easy and natural and delightful, and just to watch the magic between people is just... (laughs) I mean, one of the best jobs I have. Right, right. It's like, you know, thank you, Marth. And, and I'm thinking the word stunning, right? Like, it's almost like when I see that picture up there that I showed, again, like, and I feel sorry for, for, for somebody, I, I'm sort of overstating. I realize that if there's, I know we have first-time people, or if you see that picture, you may not see it the same way I do. But I see a picture, and it makes me teary. Because there's a magic there that's just amazing to see. Now, I, I'd love for some people to offer how, you know, do they have a how in terms of like, yeah, here's, here's a way that I believe in, in doing it. You're good. Am I? Yeah. First, I have to give a shout out to Derek Child, who's always online <laughs> and is the number one Eagles fan. I don't usually wear these, but. He watches online you, with Derek. his family in the yeah, Carolinas. So. Exactly. Um, I was thinking about this, Chuck, because I'm a middle child. Yeah. Um, as a young, you know, teenager, I felt like I was the glue to hold friends together. And then later I went through life and thought, you're such a wimp. You just go from, you know, understanding one person's feeling to understanding another. You have no real opinion of your own was sort of how I started to perceive myself. And then after dissecting that a little bit and getting into my sixties, I don't know when this hit, but I thought, no, I think I really do try to see the best in people, yeah. most people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Um, but I, I think that's where I first come from. And wow. then um, I'm not the greatest at follow-up. There's so many better weavers than me, yeah. but that's just a little piece. Jenny, today. that's beautiful. Oh. Thank you. As a fellow middle child, Jenny, yeah. Yeah. boom, <laughs> totally get that one. All right, another, another sort of how. Yeah. <laughs> I I choke up at this stuff all the time, (laughs) you know, and part of it is that uh, the way that I do it is that I realize that I'm selfish, self-centered, lazy, and fearful. And when I start to talk about that, when I start to talk about I'm lonely or I'm scared or that sort of thing, that opens it up for the other person to tell their truth, to tell those places where they are the same or where they are different or anything like that. And uh, the reason I do it is because it connects me with God. 
and I'm connected to you through other people. <laughs> Very well done, Rob. And, and, you know, and you can see why Rob's such a talented small group leader, you know, because that's, that's just one of those places where a lot of weaving takes place. I think the other thing that happens is that if we're, I, I totally agree that this is just the way we're wired. Like we didn't ask to be weavers. And I think what it is, it's just a natural curiosity about people. What's going on? What, where their heart breaks? Where their heart comes alive? And I think that sometimes what makes people a good weaver is being authentic. Like being able to get That's up it. here and cry every time he speaks <laughs> up there. <laughs> So, I, you know, I just think that that's what it is, that we come, you know, that we're not trying to be perfect, we're not, and we don't expect anybody else to be. So we're, we come very broken, yeah. and we're okay with that. We're okay with that. And that comes back right to that first quote on imperfection. Now, now before we close, we got a special closing for you guys. We have to hear from the mayor. We have to hear from the mayor, at least a word from the mayor. All right, and it could just be like, thank you, Paul, whatever the mayor wants to say. Wake up. Get up, get out there. <laughs> wake up, wake up, and get out there. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know when you asked our little question here. I hope you don't mind, Paul. Okay. So when you asked the little question here, and I don't remember how. Oh, where do we find God, yeah. or something like that? Paul said here oh, when that's he was. Good. So that's good. Paul was really looking, feeling very special up that's here. That's good. So that's good, Paul. Paul. Wanted to be good, here. good, good to have you here, bud. <laughs> All right. Now we did have we did have special gifts for the weavers of the congregation and I would send you all someplace but we're not going to do that. But what we do is we did the kids made little Rob is going to make me cry. <laughs> the kids made little woven bracelets for you guys thanking you for your job and helping us weave a congregation together. So the kids can come on up, give them the give them the give them the little bracelets and uh we have other ones coming for those of you who don't have them so There you guys go. All right. So these folks are going to go back. Please, one more warm round of applause, and then I'm going to come back up on stage and finish up the service here. All right, so we ready to close the service? All right, this is the way I'd like to close it, is hopefully you got the theme for today's service, <laughs> which is weaving and how do we weave. So anyone who feels like a weaver, I'm just going to ask you to stand up. Just go ahead. Anyone who feels like a weaver, I'm just going to ask you to stand up. And I'm going to keep asking the question until everybody stands up. Anybody who feels like a weaver, please stand up. Anyone who feels like a weaver, please stand up. I want you to see the beauty in that. I want you to see the beauty of weaving. I want you to maybe sense for a minute that the fabric, fabric always holds. The pattern is beautiful. Life is good. 
Please join me in a prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the amazing things these people shared today about the way weaving looks, about how weaving looks, about how weaving works in other people's lives. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here among us today. Thank you for your grace and your peace. And Lord, what we ask as we close today's service is that we learn to shower the world with love. We learn to shower the world with connection. That we understand, as was so wonderfully said today, that you are the weaver and we are being woven. Woven in a spirit of love and connection and grace. Be with us, Lord. Help us to go out of this service this week thinking about ways we can weave together. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 